0: You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with a special look at our video podcast series. Welcome to the Inbound Logistics video podcast series presented by Inbound Logistics Magazine. Today, we're gonna be getting some reactions and insights into Inbound Logistics IT Perspective Report for 2023. Our guest today is Seth Patton, founder and CEO of Logistiview, and he'll be sharing his thoughts on everything behind the buzz on AI. And here's our host, Amy Roach.
1: Thanks, Jeff, and hi Seth. So great to have you here. Thanks for joining us today.
2: Great to be here, Amy.
1: Yeah, super excited to speak with you uh, about uh, supply chain IT and uh, AI specifically. Everyone's talking about it these days, and we're going to jump in to kind of see what's uh, what's behind the buzz. Um, but I wanted to start quickly with just some background information. Uh, uh, we have an IT Perspectives Market Overview every year, and uh, this year our respondents really were focused on cost and cost reduction. Uh, we had 78% of our survey respondents who listed cost reduction as their client's number one uh, logistics and transportation challenge. So just tell me, you know, to jump in, do you agree with that assessment Uh, from your point of view? Is that what's really driving a lot of people's interest in logistics IT?
2: I think cost reduction is absolutely the end game of really any logistics IT expenditure or investment. And so I think a lot of technology leaders, a lot of logistics leaders focus on the you know the cost reduction angle as the objective. I think however it's important to recognize that that ultimately is the outcome not necessarily the action. You know cost you know you do, you can't just go take a cost reduction uh, activity so to speak. And so what it really comes down to is what you know what the market is saying what you know what industry leaders are saying is we want to find more intelligent ways to uh, leverage technology to reduce our costs and that is absolutely the driving factor behind every technology investment
1: yeah got it. that that makes a ton of sense. Like you said, it's the outcome, not the action. Uh, if it was the action, it'd be, it'd be a little easier, I think, right? It absolutely uh, would be. <laughs> so so what speaking of action, what are some of the actions then you know, using i t, what can shippers be taking to achieve those cost reduction goals uh, you know via technology?
2: I think every company is a little different, but in general, there's you know, there, there's really technology and really supply chain operations in general have, um, you know, kind of a core purpose. Your your purpose is to move things through the network. And to produce, uh, you know, produce uh, throughput in whatever, you know, whatever you know, node of the network you're in. So your, you know, your objective is to ship more, to uh, manufacture more, to distribute more, et cetera. And of course, the other angle of that is your objective is to do it at the lowest cost possible while still maintaining your, you know, your corporate SLAs, agreements, brand promises, et cetera. And so, what I think is really critical is to look at. Where, you know, where you're experiencing the highest cost, you know, typically there's a bottleneck. Typically there is um, a, a step in the process um, or multiple steps in the process that connect together to either um, create friction or to um, you know, create waste or what have you a lot of times those things are fairly visible. And so starting with those things and then looking at how you can smooth th- you know, smooth out those things end to end and produce greater throughput at lower cost is really the place to start. It's not necessarily, like I said, not necessarily a one, you know, one prescription fits all. Unfortunately, every company has their own challenges. And so um, our job as technology providers is to create solutions that as much, as much as possible cover many of those challenges and give folks the ability to control end to end.
1: Yeah, makes sense. Uh, another thing that was really important to our survey respondents was, uh, or two things, actually, automation and visibility were the other real top concerns. Uh, so, can you share some insights there, uh, again, on how technology can help uh, with those automation and visibility goals?
2: Absolutely. I think the, it's interesting because automation and visibility are actually, um, they're, they're kind of the, the currency of cost reduction. You, know, you you say, I, I'm going to build a project or I'm going to take on this project. I'm going to implement this automation solution. And then you obviously go looking for proof that that investment actually produced an outcome that was positive. And so visibility and automation are ultimately the, um, you know, Understanding that the investments you're making, that the actions you're taking, are producing an outcome, and so what you know what we're seeing right now is a lot of companies that invested heavily in localized optimization, um, particular parts of a business or you know particular nodes in the chain are now looking end end across the entire chain and saying, "Am I getting the output, you know, the 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 reduced cost, the increased throughput that I was expecting?" And that's really all about visibility. So I think it it becomes a big ecosystem of different solutions that are connected together uh, end to end, and then the visibility becomes the validator that you are indeed achieving the outcome you expected.
1: Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think sometimes with the automation, you can be doing things faster and better, but maybe not as efficiently or effectively. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah,
2: one of the biggest, I think, perhaps, uh, especially in supply chain and automation, uh, one of the biggest Confusion points is that speed and efficiency are the same thing. And I can, I I do not believe for one second that that's the case. Uh, You can do one, you you can do one and the other, but uh, it's not necessarily automatic.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. Uh, let's shift a little bit. I want to talk about uh, the supply chain climate over the last few years. Obviously, we've, we've seen all kinds of different things, economic instability, labor shortages, a lot of uncertainty. Tell me a little bit from what you're seeing, uh, you know, how that those conditions overall have impacted the need and the move towards uh, greater investments in logistics. IT. I
2: think the. Um so probably the best way to describe the current climate or the current challenge is uncertainty management. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, that's a phrase that, you know, a phrase that we've started using recently, kind of talking about the, the, just the, the reality that, especially given what we learned during the pandemic, we don't know what we don't know. And we can't predict, you know, we can't predict every outcome. We can't even necessarily be prepared for every outcome. And so what a lot of companies are recognizing is that they can't, you know, they can't, build the proverbial church for Easter Sunday um, and, you know, and they, and, and then have everything change and, you know, and, and still operate cost effectively. Mm -hmm. Now there's, you know, there's this transition from we're going to have scale and growth at all costs down, you know, more to, we're going to, you know, we're going to do things efficiently and, uh, you know, and, and aim for profit. Mm -hmm. And I think that changes, a lot of the paradigms about what has been done, predominantly for the last, you know, particularly the last decade of kind of low-cost money. Yeah. Now the question becomes: How do I make the best utilization of all of my assets before I go and purchase a bunch more? Yeah. And I think that shift. That shift is definitely changing perspectives, and it's also, I think, changing what technology, what IT is being invested in. I think software is becoming more prominent as. Know, flexibility is critical and the ability to make decisions on the fly you know, at a rapid pace is critical
1: sure sure i love that uncertainty management i feel like that's a really uh, a good way to look at it that's we're we're all in the business of trying to do that right <laughs>
2: indeed indeed and it's 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 pervasive and i think more it, it the funny thing it was it was always pervasive but the pandemic just reminded us exactly how much uh, things can change how quickly, and right. I think that's that's now top of mind for more companies than it used to be.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So everyone is trying to do this. Everyone is trying to to get that uncertainty management, you know, via technology. What are some of the industries that are doing it well, and maybe what are some industries or or verticals or areas where uh, you know they're lagging behind a little bit?
2: I think obviously the industry that has the most visibility in terms of uncertainty management is probably e-commerce or you know the the you know the Amazon effect so to speak mm-hmm. everyone you know everyone talks about what Amazon has done over the course of year you know the years with um, you know with just scaling the ability to get anything anywhere in a matter of you know well at this point almost like a day
1: yeah. um,
2: and so that is a place you know where a lot of Amazon's competitors have attempted to apply similar concepts and similar technologies, although perhaps to lesser success. Mm -hmm. It's a place where it's almost necessary, simply because there's so much dynamics. You know, you don't you just don't have any way to necessarily 100 percent predict consumers. However, I do believe that there's a number of other industries that are trying to adopt um, more flexibility. Um, Anybody, you know, anybody who's doing retail distribution is, you know, is trying to ramp up their, you know, their flexibility. Anybody who is, um, you know, anybody who's doing, um, you know, any sort of, you know, any sort of wholesaling is trying to ramp up their, you know, their visibility. I think ultimately that, you know, the, the old school industries are, you know, are probably like the chemical gas, things like that, where, you know, it's the demand is more predictable perhaps. Mm -hmm. Um, But any place where demand is, is incredibly variable is a place where, Folks are making investments, and every company within those industries has varying levels of it, yeah, but I yeah. think everyone's trying to go the same direction.
1: Yeah, yeah. okay, that, that makes sense. And obviously, one of those investments and one of the things that uh, everyone is so interested in and, and why we're really here today is to talk about AI. So if you want to just jump in and, and, uh, and share a little bit, uh, how is it being used in the supply chain right now, uh, and you know, what is what is behind the buzz of everyone talking about AI, specifically in the logistics realm?
2: Well, artificial intelligence, I think the number one thing is that a lot of folks don't really necessarily have a clear vision for what it means. Mm -hmm. And so it lacking a clear vision, it can kind of be a little bit of anything. And so one of the first things that we kind of try to do to ground um, our viewpoint on artificial intelligence is to recognize that from a computer science perspective, AI is nothing more than a computer program that predicts the next best option. Mm -hmm typically based on a model of all the possible options and the probability that that, you know, that those various options are the right choice to make in the current situation. Mm-hmm. And so what that really means is that AI is about predicting the next best thing to do. It's about assisting in making decisions. And so when you start, you know, when, when you take that less broad um, or, or that, you know, that less hyped uh, you know approach or definition of artificial intelligence, then it helps you to kind of think where you know, where in my supply chain can I make better, faster, more informed decisions mm-hmm. with technology? And a, a major place where you know where that's happening is uncertainty management.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: In you know in managing variability, and the reason for that is because a lot of technology, you know, a lot of or a lot of you know a lot of technology solutions on the market today don't really give a lot of assistance to people. Mm -hmm. in making decisions about what work do I do next, who should do that work, when should that work be done, you know, what truck should I ship next, Um, what truck am I going to receive, Um, you know, if my workforce called out, um, you know, how do I adjust my, you know, my planning for the day, a lot of those are very manual decisions. Mm -hmm. And as a result, there's, you know, there's uh, a lot of waste involved, simply because people don't process data as fast as computers do. Right. And so the opportunity is really to inform human decisions using, uh, you know, using artificial intelligence models.
1: Right. Yeah. It's way beyond just chat GPT, which is, I think, unfortunately, what everyone is kind of grasping at. And that's not really the case here. That's not what we're talking about for logistics.
2: Yeah. I mean, large, large language models, which is what chat GPT is, is one kind of artificial intelligence. Yeah. If you really think about AI, um, AI is designed to be able to make a similar decision or perhaps a better decision than a human could make.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But AI is constrained by the model that is you know that that defines what kind of decision it's trying to make Mm -hmm. so a large language model is fundamentally designed to basically guess the next best word based on all of the words that you've given it already and the way that it knows that when it sees those words in that order with this context etc that this next word is the next best word that's a great use you know it's a great use case uh, there's a lot of great use cases for it but ultimately that that's not really the decisions we're trying to make in supply chain sure and so other models are necessary and you know and, and used today just like there's no person that can do everything there's no ai that can do everything either yeah, and yeah. ultimately when you build a team of people, and this is kind of a you know crazy concept, but when you build a team of people, you know, you're you're ultimately taking different skills from different places. Mm-hmm. Fundamentally, the same is true of artificial intelligence. You want to take different models that predict, you know, that, that help you predict different things and bring them together as a team to yeah. produce yeah. the next, you know, the best possible outcome.
1: Yeah, yeah. And what about I think part of the fear if you want to call it fear that people have is as you're saying when you're talking about a predictive model being able to do things that humans are doing now and maybe doing it better than what humans are doing now that's where people get a little you know leery. So talk a little bit about what is that relationship and and how can AI actually be used to you know in concert with human effort to actually produce a better outcome to you know to optimize things in the supply chain and and not to replace humans.
2: Well, I think one of the things is you know, specific about supply chain is supply chain is all about moving things. It's the physical, you know, it's the physical uh, movement and management of uh, large amounts of product across the world. Okay. And that is, you know, last time I checked, no AI is going to pick up a box and move it. Okay. And so I think, I think a lot of folks, you know, certainly you know, is is an AI going to make it so that there aren't Necessarily, um, you know, as many you know, as many people crunching numbers in a specific scenario, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But at, at its core, th- the goal is actually to make it so that the things that the you know that a human can't do, like take in information coming from multiple sources simultaneously about all the things that are happening in operation, and you know, and then make uh, uh, you know an informed next guess or next decision about what needs to happen it's actually really going to make people more capable of focusing on what they do best. Right. More capable of moving product, more capable of managing the people and you know and the uh, you know and their customers and their you know their their brand promises etc. When you get down to it, uh, automated decisions are not about replacing people, they're about helping people live a slightly less hectic and you know and, and complicated life. Again, how can you make uncertainty less impactful?
1: right yeah yeah and it sounds like you're kind of allowing or the ai tools will allow the the people that are doing some of these jobs to kind of focus on the more elevated side of it and like you said kind of be optimizing and maximizing what they're doing
2: absolutely U- ultimately there's there's a human component to you know, to all aspects of supply chain you know that that an ai can't replace i can't come to you and say uh, you know, ask you about your performance or ask you about your challenges or just say, hey, how, you you know, well, how, how, can you, how are you doing today? Right. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. But I also, as a supervisor, I can't do that if my head's in a spreadsheet all day. If I yeah. spend all day in Excel, right. then I'm focusing my energy in the wrong place. What I yeah. should be doing is connecting with my people, helping them become more productive, helping the company achieve its broader goals right. instead of just burying my head in a spreadsheet all day.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think you just put a lot of minds at ease. That's a good way to look at it.
2: <laughs> certainly hope so. The AI isn't as scary as it sounds.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. And, and let's go back to what kind of tied into the benefits. What we started the conversation talking about, again, is everyone's worried about cost reduction and you know visibility and automation. How does the AI or how do the AI tools tie back to those goals and what kind of benefits are companies seeing uh, who are implementing these kinds of tools?
2: I think there's a lot of what's neat about AI is there's a lot of different models supporting mm-hmm. a lot of different decisions, yes. and so depending on where you're at, you know, where you're applying artificial intelligence, um, you know, you are you're solving specific problems. What, in general, more broadly across the entire supply chain, what I think is important to understand is the benefit of uncertainty reduction, mm-hmm. the imbe- the benefit of uncertainty management, and that the primary benefit you know, when when you, when you think about disruption disruption in inherently implies a stoppage yeah. or a slowdown right that's you know that's that's na- naturally what is implied and the supply chain and and movement from node to node operates at its most efficient at its least expensive when all nodes in the chain move smoothly when when there's a consistent flow from one end of the chain to the other that's that's literally the entire purpose of the science how can i flow product from one end of the supply chain to the other mm-hmm. and so when you have a A system that is able to identify disruptions, potentially before they occur, Mm -hmm. and then automate a response to those disruptions, a response to that uncertainty, it allows for an increase in that flow. Mm -hmm. It allows for the prevention of disruptions. It allows for the, um, the increased utilization because you don't slow down, you don't stop, instead you keep on moving. Of assets, of um, you know, of expense, you know, expense centers, and ultimately the, you know, at the end of it, if you're, you know, if you have the ability, if your demand in the market, you know, is is uh, is this way, then it allows you to ship more, make more revenue. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, with with a, with a lower cost basis, right? Or you know, the other option, the other option, the more negative option is well, it allows you to ship the same amount and reduce your cost base. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think that that unlocking of additional capacity. That humans alone can't unlock, and reducing, you know, reducing reduction or um, reducing disruption, slowdowns, etc., is really the gain. Mm-hmm. And I think that happens all across the supply chain, not just in one specific node. I mean, our specific focus is um, you know, warehouse, distribution, manufacturing operations, yeah. but it definitely applies across all aspects of the supply chain and can make a profound difference to the overall uh, bottom line of a business.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Logistiview, obviously, is a leader in this area. Can you talk a little bit specifically about a customer? I don't know whether you can share names or not, but take us through a scenario. I think it's really important for the audience to hear how this translates you know, into a real world example. Uh, talk a little bit about somebody who's using Logistiview and, and is uh, optimizing the supply chain in the ways that you're pointing out.
2: Sure. So um, I, I would love to be able to name names, but uh, you know NDAs are what they are. Um, so I'm just going to say a large industrial supplier is uh, you know it has a very um, you know, very rigorous SLA to their customers. And uh, you know, and they have a they have a very um, you know very short time to deliver orders. Ideally, uh, if the order comes in, you, it it goes out same day for a substantial amount of their customers. Mm-hmm. And so you can imagine that in that environment, there is a substantial amount of. Um, you know, a, a substantial amount of obligation to keep things moving. You know, to keep things flowing mm-hmm. as much as possible because you don't want to lose time. You don't want to lose any seconds in that environment. And so they, you know, they were looking to find ways to better distribute their work, to be able to identify, you know, predictively identify bottlenecks before they took place, mm-hmm. and then redirect work. To all the places where there weren't a bottleneck, to ensure that all the assets were being utilized as fast, you know, as, as as thoroughly as possible, even when there was a disruption, mm-hmm. and they wanted that all to be automated, so that people didn't have to constantly be looking at all the different areas of the warehouse and checking the conveyor at every you know every single point. They wanted all of that to flow smoothly, and so um, they you know they they came to us and, and we built a uh, you know we built an implementation of of Logistiview that allows them to run that operation. With the you know the software driving what work ha- happens next, where that work happens, when that work happens, mm-hmm. and more specifically ensure that even if there's a disruption, that work continues to happen. Right. And what that's allowed them to do is uh, you know gain a um, you know a substantial uh, improvement in their productivity because it increased their asset utilization.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, it seems the use case is clear, uh, doing more with less, smoothing things out, optimizing the supply chain. I think that's what everyone is looking for. So really appreciate you taking the time today to kind of demystify AI, take a little bit of the fear out of it and uh, show us it's really important use in the supply chain. So thanks again for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me, be Great to talk to you.
1: Absolutely. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash get IL. That's bit.ly slash get underscore IL and stay ahead of the 3PL game.
0: or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.